Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Pray with me. God, thank you so much um, for this time. Thank you for allowing us to gather this Sunday. Um, as of yesterday, we didn't even know whether it would be possible to gather in person, but we are thankful that um, we've been able to gather this morning. Thank you for um, your word. Um, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the many ways you have been at work in and through our church. Um, and so, God, as we look at what it means for us to be on mission, um, I have done my best to develop and create and um, develop sentences that communicate what you mean when it comes to us being on mission. But God, I, I can only do so much, I can only be faithful to preach because the results of us hearing and understanding and being compelled to actually live out what you've called us to comes from you. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would not only let us hear, but may we be changed and may what we're going to study make a significant difference in our lives. May, may today be a day where we are all changed and transformed. May today be a day where we leave, not saying, man, that was nice for us to gather. Oh, that was helpful. But we all leave saying, God, you are good and you are great. And it's a joy and a privilege to serve you in this city. So help us with this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so if you've been around King's Cross for a while, is, is, is this working now? Brilliant. I can just move this out of the way. All right. That's better. I love it. If you've been around King's Cross for a while, uh, you know what we're all about. Okay? You'll know that we're a church family on mission with Jesus. For the past three Sundays, we've been looking at what it means to be a church family. Um, a church family believes scripture is sufficient. A church family prays about everything. A church family is radically generous. You know, last week we looked at like how we need to be radically generous, not just generous, but generous in a way that is radical, generous in a way that makes us uncomfortable, okay? A church family is actively involved in each other's lives um, based on everything that happened in 2020 and how that disrupted our rhythms of gathering together. Um, we saw in scripture through the early church, that it's important for us to prioritize gathering together. And um, we, we looked at that last week. And above all, past three weeks, 
we've realized that we're a church family that needs to be obsessed with Jesus. That has been our focus for the last three weeks. And so this week, we're going to look at what this whole idea of us being on mission with Jesus means. This is the second part of our purpose and our mission. Um, the first is we're a church family. The second is we're on mission with Jesus. And we're not just a church family doing life together and um, doing our best to love God and love one another, but we're a church family on mission with Jesus. Yeah, we, we don't want to be just introverted. All right, as a church, we want to be looking outward. We want to be saying, how can we be on mission with you, Jesus, in this city? So, if we are on mission with Jesus, what is our mission all about? What are we trying to accomplish with Jesus? We have to address this question because just saying we are on mission with Jesus is not enough. We, we shouldn't assume we all know what it means to be on mission with Jesus. No, we have to define exactly what our mission with Jesus is all about, right? Because if you look at some of the most well-known companies in the world, they all have a mission statement and they're clear on what they're all about. For example, Starbucks, their mission is to inspire and nurture the human spirit one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. And they've done pretty well, right? Fulfilling that mission. Um, the Navy, we have several Navy um, 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 personnels here. And the mission statement for the Navy, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, all right? It's supposed to be, I did research, <laughs> to recruit, train, equip and organize to deliver combat-ready naval forces to win conflicts and wars while maintaining security and deterrence through sustained forward presence. Wow. Do you guys have to memorize that? Tesla. Mission statement is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Wow. That's the mission, some of the well-known organizations in the world. If they're clear on what they're all about, we should also be clear on what we're about. And so, what then is our mission? Thankfully, this is not a mystery for us. The Bible has clearly revealed what the mission of our church should be. In fact, when this church was started nearly three years ago, Figuring out what our mission was, was kind of easy. It wasn't hard. We didn't have to have lengthy meetings about figuring out what our mission was. It was pretty easy because our mission is clearly revealed to us in scripture by Jesus himself. And all we did was copy and paste. And so I've kept you in suspense for long enough. What then is our mission as a church? Our mission can be found in the passage we read early, earlier, Matthew chapter 28, um, specifically verse 19 to 20. Um, it's known as the Great Commission, but it's also the mission of not just our church, but every church in every generation. So, and so let's have a closer look 
um, at 16 to 20 um, to get an understanding of what our mission is. And so look at verse 16 again. It says, now, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And so after um, his resurrection, Jesus tells his disciples to meet him at the top of the mountain for an important um, announcement. Um, you may have noticed this, that in the Bible, mountaintops are where God announces important things to his people. All right, the Mount of Mount Sinai, the Mount of Transfiguration. It was in those moments, in those locations that God announced important things to his people. Greg Gilbert puts it this way, from Sinai to the mountain of transfiguration to the Sermon on the Mount, mountains are places where the most important instruction or revelation is given. This scene is no different. Jesus has brought his disciples together one last time for something truly significant. Look at verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. All right. As soon as Jesus, as the resurrected Jesus appears to his disciple, to his disciples, some of them rightly worship him. But it also tells us that, you know, the end of verse 17 says that some of them doubted. And that's just so interesting that you have some that absolutely worshipped him and adore him, and then others doubted. Regardless of this mixed response, before Jesus makes the all-important announcement, he encourages them. Um, look at verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a very important statement because Jesus is basically saying that the mission he's about to commission them for has nothing to do with them, but everything to do with him. It has nothing to do with what they can do for him, but has everything to do with what he will do through them. It's all about Jesus. Kevin DeYoung, um, who's a pastor and author, says, God does not send out his church to conquer he sends us out in the name of the one who has already conquered. We go only because he reigns. And so with this important bit of information in mind, Jesus then unveils the mission he's calling them to in verse 19 and 20. And so let's read it carefully uh, because this actually summarizes our mission as a church. Verse 19 and 20 again, let's read it. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so under the authority of Jesus, their mission is to go and do what? Make disciples, all right? And how they're going to make disciples is by preaching and teaching. Um, preaching the gospel, key part of making disciples, and it's not explicitly said here, but it's implied by baptizing people. Because you only baptize someone who believes, 
and someone who believes, believes because they have heard the gospel. Okay? And so, again, preaching first and then teaching. The idea of not just preaching for um, a commitment, but you want to take those new disciples and teach them and develop them and show them what it means to live a life that glorifies God. Last but not least, I love what Jesus says right at the end of verse 20. He concludes all of this by reassuring them that wherever they go, he'll be with them even to the end of the age. In other words, our mission to make disciples starts with Jesus, continues with Jesus, and ends with Jesus. Now, now, before we go on, discovering what this whole mission of making disciples looks like, we need to define what a disciple is. We know what our mission is to make disciples. We know how we're to do it, preach the gospel and help disciples grow by teaching them. We're clear on all of those things, but we're not quite clear on what a disciple is. And this just doesn't have to do with the fact that it's not you know, written out in Matthew 28. I think the whole idea or ideology of a disciple is quite confusing, okay? Some people think discipleship is sitting at a coffee shop with someone and studying scripture. Some people think a disciple is one of Jesus's 12 disciples. Absolutely they were. But I think we need to get a clear definition of what a disciple is because it will help us um, in our endeavor to make disciples for Jesus. And so what is a disciple? Let's start with a bit of Greece. Greek. Greece. Greek. Greece. That's nuts. And my wife is Greek. Um, let's look at some Greek. The Greek word for disciple is machetes, okay? It means one who is a learner or student. In Jesus' day, every rabbi had a group of machetes, disciples. And those disciples dedicated their life to learning from that rabbi. They left everything to follow the rabbi. They left their career, they left their family, they left their hometowns, they left everything in order to dedicate their life to following this rabbi. And so we could say a disciple is someone who is a follower, a learner, and an imitator. You follow someone to learn from them so you can become like them. And let me just say this, but this whole idea of a disciple isn't an ancient practice. This isn't just an ancient practice, something they practiced in Jesus' day. No, today there are modern day disciples. In fact, we're all disciples. We're all following someone. We're all learning from them so we may become like them. The question is, who are you following? Who are you trying to be like? Let me give you an example. Um, yesterday, I met with a friend of mine, and uh, we were talking about California and 
um, when he was young, he took a trip to California and he was able to experience all that California has. And that is what inspired him to think one day I want to live in California. And he asked me a question and said, hey, Obed, um, when you was growing up in London, um, how did you view California? And I said to him, wow, that's a good question. Because I never viewed California as beaches, warm weather, and all of that. I viewed California through the lens of Tupac and Dr. Dre. <laughs> I did, because they are who I... And so as I was thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, that was my perspective of California. Living in Compton and all of that was good. That, that, that was true. So then I started thinking to myself, man, when I was young in London, growing up in London, I was following those guys and I was imitating those guys, not just in how I spoke. I was a Londoner, but I ended up speaking with an American accent, right? Like, yo, man, what up? <laughs> Oh, I was. And I'm like in London. It's crazy. And I was dressing like them. I was wearing the baggy um, trousers and baggy tees and everything while living in London. Okay. Um, and so when we look at the idea of us being followers or learners or disciples, we're all influenced. We're all following someone. And the more we follow someone, the more we imitate them. The question is not whether are you a disciple. You are a disciple. You are following someone. But the question is, who are you trying to be like? Who are you following? In a similar way, Jesus' disciples were his students who followed him so they could learn from him to become like him. And following Jesus is very much like repentance. What I mean by this is when we choose to follow Jesus, we abandon um, our way of life and begin to head in a totally different direction to learn a whole new way of life by following Jesus, who is now our master. What then is a disciple? According to Christianity, this is a helpful definition, a forgiving sinner who is learning Christ in repentance and faith. And so if you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're one of his disciples. Your goal in life is to follow Jesus so you can know him and become like him. Not only that, your goal in life is not just to follow Jesus for yourself, but to be actively sharing the gospel so that others can start following Jesus for themselves. You're a disciple-making disciple. The mission... Jesus called his disciples to some 2,000 years ago, okay? Matthew 28, 16, 20, what we've just read, this whole, this whole story is a true story, happened about 2,000 years ago. That very same mission he called them to, he calls us to right here, right now. We are called 
to make disciples. And how we do this is by going, proclaiming the gospel, baptizing and teaching, all for the purpose of making faithful disciples of Jesus who obey everything he has commanded. Put simply, uh, our mission is to win people to Christ and build them up in Christ. It's to tell everyone everywhere who Jesus is and what he's done so that they may stop living for themselves and start living for him. We're a church family made up of disciples who are on mission with Jesus to make and mature more disciples for Jesus. And we make disciples by proclaiming the powerful gospel message. And if you don't know what the gospel is, this is the gospel. It's that Jesus Christ lived in perfect obedience to his father. He was crucified for our sin. What that means is that every bad and sinful and wretched thing you've ever done in your life or you will ever do, Jesus on that cross took God's wrath, the punishment you deserved for it. He took that on your behalf. Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He didn't stay dead, but he resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit and then ascended into heaven and guess what? Jesus will one day return to make all things new. That is the gospel. And the gospel demands a response. And the response can be, oh, yeah, this Jesus thing, I don't know, man. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready to dedicate my life to following Jesus. Or I would encourage you, if you're here and you're not, a Christian and you're not currently following Jesus, I would say you would respond to this gospel, to who Jesus is and what he's done for you by deciding today to dedicate your life to knowing him and living for him. Being on mission with Jesus is another way of us saying we're making disciples of Jesus. That's our task. That's our purpose. That's our mission and the primary reason we're here. Now, it's possible that some of you may be thinking, because I can read minds here. I can't. But it's possible that some of you are thinking, Obed, I totally agree with you. The mission of the church is to make disciples, for sure. Totally agree. It's Matthew 28. I can't argue with you. But what about doing good works? Like serving our city or feeding the homeless. Does our mission to make disciples involve helping people in need and serving our city and all of those good things? Yes and no. Let me explain. First of all, the Bible teaches that Christians are to love their neighbors. Okay? And one of the ways we express this is by being involved in helping those in need. As a church family on mission with Jesus... We will continue 
to be involved in serving our community. We will be involved in providing um, for the poor and needy. We'll continue to pursue racial justice and racial reconciliation. We would like to join in the fight against sex trafficking and contribute to improve health in developing countries. We want to be, we have been, and want to continue to participate um, in the restoration and renewal of our city and community and our world. We want to be doing that, absolutely. But what we have to recognize as we participate in all of these things is that although they're very important, okay, and we will participate in them, they are not the central focus of our mission to make disciples. All right? In a world of finite time, energy, and resources, our church, King's Cross Church, above all else, is called to make disciples. How? By communicating the gospel and by teaching everyone who believes how they can live for Jesus. All right? Don't go around hearing me saying, yeah, Obed doesn't want us to do any good works and help this person. No, I want us to do that. But in doing that, I want us to keep in mind that the central focus of our church when it comes to us being on mission is to make disciples. And how we do that is by communicating the gospel and then teaching disciples. I love what Kevin DeYoung says. He says, it is not the church's responsibility to right every wrong or meet every need, though we have biblical motivation to do so. It is our responsibility. However, our unique mission and plain priority that this unpopular, impractical gospel message gets told that neighbors and nations may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing they may have life in his name. King's Cross Church cannot do everything. I tell people all the time, okay? We cannot do everything. We cannot be involved in everything, but we've been called to focus on one thing, and that is to make disciples by preaching the gospel and discipling and training and building up um, disciples. We will not be effective in our mission is if everything is mission. And so last year, okay, last year, beginning of 2020, we, we decided to do a series going through the book of Acts because what we wanted to do is, as a church, understand how we are to be as a church. We wanted to look at the early church and look at how they lived and related to God and each other and say, man, we want to pattern our church after that. And it's been so helpful going through Acts. And the more and the deeper we get into Acts, the clearer our mission has 
become. It is to be on mission with Jesus to make disciples of Jesus by preaching the gospel and teaching disciples. Um, Greg Gilbert says this. He says, if you are looking for a picture of the early church giving itself to creation care, plans for societal renewal and strategies to serve the community in Jesus' name, you won't find it in Acts. But if you are looking for preaching, teaching, and the centrality of the word, this is your book. The church is not an organization that makes disciples. The church is made up of disciples who make disciples. All right? And so... If you're here and you're a Christian, you're not ultimately here for your career, okay? That's one of the reasons you're here, but ultimately you're not here for your career. If you're a student, for example, you're not primarily, primarily here to get good grades. If, for example, you're in the military, your ultimate aim in life is not to serve our country, um, if you're a healthcare worker, for example, your overarching goal in life, overarching, is not just to help people stay healthy. For example, if you're a mom, um, your primary goal in life is not to raise good and respectful kids and get them good education. All of these things are good for us to participate and be involved in, but the truth is, whatever you're involved in, kind of exists as a platform for you to make disciples of Jesus. You're ultimately here to be used by God as his instrument to make more disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. That's your primary goal. That's what you're ultimately here for. Your ultimate mission is not to make more money, climb the corporate ladder and advance the mission of America. Your ultimate purpose is to be used by God to make more disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. This is the end goal of our life. This is why we're here. So that we may share the gospel like crazy so that the people we work with, the people we study with, the people we work out with, the people we do life with, may see the beauty and glory of Jesus and surrender their life to living for him. That is our ultimate goal in life. It just is. And all of this shouldn't sound daunting, okay? It should be a joy and a privilege for us that God would not only call us to himself, but use us as his instruments to make 
more disciples of his son Jesus Christ. There is nothing more fulfilling than pursuing the purpose and plan Jesus has for each one of us. And we must keep the main thing, the main thing Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has given us our marching orders. He's made it clear what we should be all about. And as a church family, we should be all about being on mission with Jesus. And what that means is that we are making disciples of Jesus in this city and so King's Cross Church right love God okay serve people and share the gospel like crazy so you may contribute to God's work in multiplying disciples of his son Jesus Christ most of you have friends. Most of you have family members. Most of you um, work with colleagues. Most of you just have people you know that have no interest in Jesus. If we truly believe that Jesus is King and he's Lord and he's the most satisfying, in him we have the most satisfying relationship ever, we should be so passionate about sharing who he is so that people may know him and live for him. That's what it's all about. We preach the gospel so that people may stop living for themselves and start living for Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That's our purpose. And so King's Cross Church, this is our mission, all right? Matthew 19:20 Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the, and in the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold I'm with you always to the end of the age Jesus is with us y'all And he's not just with us and alongside us. He's the one empowering us. And so the more we become enamored, the more we become consumed with who Jesus is, naturally we would want others to experience who he is and what he's all about. And so that is why as a church, we're obsessed with Jesus. That is why as a church, we sing about Jesus. We look at Jesus, not as an example, but as our savior, the one. That is why we're obsessed with Jesus because the more we're obsessed with Jesus, the more we want to share him with others and the more others see, oh, it gets amazing. This is our mission. And so King's Cross Church, what is our mission? What are we going to be all about? Going to be all about making disciples. And how are we going to be doing that? By taking every opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for everything we've talked about. And we say thank you for those things because they're all based on your word. And so, God, as we seek to be disciples who make disciples, God, I pray that you would be gracious even this week so that we may witness 
you save people. You may, we may witness you radically change the lives of people in the same way you've changed our life. In Jesus' name.